In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with all of you. Great to be with all of you today. And as always, we like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Especially because Saturday is a special day in which we like to honor Mary. Uh, most especially in this uh, time of Advent, which with Mary we await joyfully the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we like to honor Mary. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, we <coughs> we cry out to Mary in the Hail Holy Queen. Mary is our, she's our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's pray the prayer that Mary loves most. And that prayer is the, that prayer is the Hail Mary. So together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's lift our gaze to our spiritual director. What a grace and privilege it is for all of us to have as our spiritual director to have the Holy Spirit. Spirit, Holy Spirit also has many wonderful descriptive titles. Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is known also as the sweet guest of our souls. Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier. Holy Spirit is also known as the interior master. St. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, encourages us with these words to help us to grow in our prayer life. He says that we really don't know how to pray as we ought, but good news. Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's turn to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light in our intellect, the fire of love to burn within our hearts. 
as we pray. Come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful. And enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. Thou shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Loretto, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Francis Xavier, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. So my friends, it's so true that the family that prays together stays together. Each morning we start off our day by praying together, by praying to Mary. We pray to the Holy Spirit for a lot of light. We also pray for, pray to the angels. We also like to pray to the saints. So this is our family. The family, our family also is the family of God in heaven. We're in good company. So, as always, I'd like to place all of you on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. In the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, I'd like to place you all on the altar. with the following intentions. First, I'd like to pray that all of us, as we draw closer to Christmas, which will be two weeks from today, will be Christmas Eve, that we would dispose ourselves for the birthday of Christ the Lord. To pray that we would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. That's right. 
that we'd be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And perhaps this will be our prayer during the course of the day. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention will be that, especially on Saturday, that all of us will grow in our knowledge, our love, and our devotion, our knowledge, our love, and our devotion to Mary Most Holy. Mary Most Holy. That will be our prayer. Our devotion to Mary will grow stronger and Mary will draw us closer to Christ. My third intention, and this intention is very pleasing to the hearts of Jesus and Mary, let's pray for the conversion of sinners. But especially let's pray for the conversion of deathbed sinners. Those who are will die sometime during the course of the day. Pray especially for those who are possibly far away from God. There are many people whose lives are in in danger. Better said that their souls are in danger of perdition. They're in danger of losing their eternal salvation. Pray that they would open up to the to the love of God. And I'll pray as uh, Therese has posted for all of your special intentions. I'd like to place these special intentions on the altar right now. In the Mass that I'll be celebrating at 12.30 in the context of the retreat. And so I'd like to also ask you to pray because we have a our Advent retreat today, which will be in the morning, and it'll conclude with Mass at 12.30. So we would invite you to come to be with us in the retreat. You're, you're always welcome to come to be with us. And ask that you would bless us in this retreat, so the retreat will bring many people closer to God. Closer to God. So, today we celebrate another Marian Feast Day, and the name of this Marian Feast Day is it's Our Lady of Loreto. So I've Posted the name of the feast day today on the on the screen. Our Lady of Our Lady of Loreto. Our Lady of Loreto. Just a few months ago, I had the privilege of going to downtown L.A. right near the cathedral, and I gave a Marian Marian mission and consecration to the church of Our Lady Loretto, which is just a few blocks away from 
the cathedral in Los Angeles. In January, I'll be giving another Marian mission to Our Lady of Guadalupe in East LA. So I'm giving a lot of Marian, a lot of Marian missions, culminating with consecrating the people to the Blessed Mother. In these days, there are a lot of Marian feast days. December 8th, we celebrated the Immaculate Conception. December 9th, yesterday, we celebrate Juan Diego. We can never sell it, we can never separate Juan Diego from Our Lady Guadalupe. December 10th is the feast day of Our Lady Loretto. December 12th we celebrate Our Lady Guadalupe. So there's a series of Marian feast days we celebrate almost back to back to back. in the very heart of the the holy season of Advent. So Mary is the quickest, easiest, most efficacious way for us to arrive at heaven is through Mary's presence. I'm inviting you also to purchase my book, Marian Compendium. This would be a great way to get to know and love Mary more and more each day also. So, what I'd like to do today is uh, I'd like to talk about this feast day and we also have a gospel where we have mentioned John the Baptist. John the Baptist has a relationship with Mary because Jesus and John the Baptist are cousins. And it's through the words of Mary that John the Baptist leaps in the womb of his mother Elizabeth. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's liberated from the bonds of original sin. That's what Augustine and Certain fathers in the church point out that John the Baptist was conceived in sin, but he was liberated from sin by the words of Mary in the silent presence of Christ. So let's uh, let's uh, talk about Mary, Our Lady of Loretto. Related to the readings also. First reading is taken from Syrac. And it speaks about Elijah. Who was enveloped in a whirlwind. And he was taken up into heaven with chariots of fire. Maybe some of you remember that movie in the early 80s. Chariots of fire. with Eric Little. It's based on the true story of the Olympic Games in the early 1900s. These runners were chariots of fire because they ran so quickly. 
And Eric Little ran for God. God made him fast and he ran for God. So let's let's turn to lift our gaze to Mary in this uh, Marian feast day which is in honor of certain dimension in the life of Mary that we'll talk about. Our Lady of Loreto. So let me give you some historical, cultural background to understand Our Lady of Loreto. Our Lady of Loreto is related to the Holy House of Mary. The Holy House, not simply Mary, but the Holy House of the Holy Family of Nazareth. Mary was betrothed to St. Joseph. She married St. Joseph. And their residence, their home, would be a home in Nazareth. It's true, in two weeks we'll be celebrating the birthday of Christ, and he was not born in Nazareth. But rather, he was born in the stable of Bethlehem. And after he was born in the stable of Bethlehem, King Herod wanted to kill him. So God sent an angel to St. Joseph to flee for the life of the child and to travel to Egypt. So Joseph took the family to Egypt where they found refuge against the attacks of King Herod who killed all the innocent baby boys two years and younger. Then when King Herod died and it was safe, the angel spoke to Joseph to return once again. And they returned to the town of Nazareth where St. Joseph established himself in the family in a home there in the city of Nazareth. That's why Jesus was called the Nazarene. Even on the top of the cross, I-N-R-X, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. So in that house of Nazareth, St. Joseph lived, Mary lived, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ lived. So our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would have lived in the home of Nazareth until he was about 30 years of age. So this domicile, this residence of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph is of great importance. 
is of great importance. So this would be the home of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So what happened, according to tradition, was his home of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. The word that they use, theologians, is translated. Or you might even say transferred. Or you might even use the word transported. According to traditions, the angels of God lifted up this home and transported it from Nazareth to where it is now. It was transported to two places before it finally arrived where it is now in called Our Lady of Loreto. Loreto is related to laurel in Latin, which would be the plant over which the house basically uh, descended. This is a place in Italy, in the north of Italy, to this very day, you can go to the Holy House of Loreto and visit the house where Jesus, Mary, and Joseph lived for many years. How extraordinary. You can go on pilgrimage to the north of Italy to the town of Loreto. In the center of the town of Loreto, of course, would be the focal point, would be, of course, the home where Jesus, Mary, and Joseph lived for those many years. So you can go there. And you can see the structure, the structure of the house, which would be a typical house 2,000 years ago of Nazareth. See the walls, you can see the roof, you can see the windows. And you'll see a plaque on the wall where all the saints, many of the saints during the course of the years, this was transported many years ago, where the saints actually have come to visit this holy house. John Paul II did, Bennett XVI did, the popes, as well as saints, make a pilgrimage to visit the holy House of Loreto. Like in a certain sense, they're going to visit Mary. So, in my reflection today, in honor of the Holy House of Loreto, in honor of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I'd like to, uh, God willing, to try to give you an Ignatian contemplation. An Ignatian contemplation, if you've ever done the exercises, 
when we are meditating or contemplating the uh, the infancy of Christ, the private life of Christ, in which, of course, Joseph and Mary are very prominent in his early infancy. St. Ignatius invites us to try to create, utilizing our imagination, what was it like? What was it like in the home of Nazareth? What was it like in the home of Nazareth? And what would be what would be a typical day in the life of the Holy Family of Nazareth of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? Of course, once Jesus was of age, he would go off to the carpenter shop to be with St. Joseph exercising the office of a carpenter. In the background of my studio here, you can actually see St. Joseph in the carpenter shop and There's a little child that's probably about two years old, and that's Jesus lifting up a big nail, very symbolic. St. Joseph is in the background with a a hammer, pounding away, exercising his office as carpenter. So, of course, once Jesus was of age, he would spend those long hours with his foster father, Joseph, exercising the office of a carpenter, making chairs and benches and windows and possibly fixtures of homes. Hard manual work. Hard manual work. Then... Mary would spend, of course, most of the day in the home of Nazareth attending to her motherly spousal obligations. Then when St. Joseph and Jesus would finish their work Obviously, they'd ha- they would head home to be with Mary to rest, to have their evening meal, to pray together, and to prepare themselves for the following day. So, what do we? I'd l- we'd like to do. I'd like. To, I'd like to. Um, Start by giving you a typical day in the life of Mary. What would Mary have done in the typical day in the house of Nazareth? They like to uh, go through this typical day of Mary and try to try to connect this typical day in the life of Mary with your own your own daily routine. 
your own daily routine. And being aware of this, the spirituality of, of St. Therese of Lisieux, that holiness or sanctity, holiness or sanctity does not depend upon doing great things, carrying out miracles, moving mountains, raising the dead healing the blind. I mean, that sometimes happens in the lives of the saints. But holiness depends in large part, my friends, upon doing our daily obligations, our daily chores, our daily obligations, our daily chores are ordinary things of daily life with extraordinary love. That's the essence of holiness. To carry out, carry out our daily obligations, our ordinary works, but trying to do them with extraordinary love. So let's uh, let's try to utilize our imagination and accompany. Mary in a typical day. In the focal point of Mary was God in her life. Especially her son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who obviously is the is the Son of God made man, who came into the world through Mary's consent. Mary was concerned about serving her son, but also serving her husband, St. Joseph. That would have been the focal point of her life. So imagine a typical day in the life of Mary. Accompany Mary and allow her life to influence your own life. Like to contemplate Mary, that we get to know her better, love her, love her more, and to follow in her footsteps. Mary's always going to be pointing us to Christ. So Mary will always be pointing us to Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. I can imagine Mary getting up early and giving her first thoughts to God thanking God for another day, praising and worshiping God. I can imagine Mary preparing St. Joseph and our Lord a very humble, simple breakfast. The hot water on the kettle, possibly something very simple to eat, before they go off to the workshop to be dedicated to hard work, the hard work of carpentry. 
Imagine her setting the table for Jesus and St. Joseph so that they can have a very humble, simple, frugal meal. Thanking God for their daily bread. Mary sees them off as they head off to the carpenter shop where Joseph and Jesus will be working together side by side working together as a team but also working individually the importance my friends of work the importance of work and as one of the one of the signs or obligations it came about as a result of original sin was to work and to earn one's bread by the sweat of one's brow. Then imagine the, the, the work that Mary would have done on a daily basis and accompany Mary. This is a very appropriate contemplation to make as we honor Our Lady of Loreto. Loreto, which really means the home of Nazareth and what Mary carried out on a daily basis in the home of Nazareth. So one of the one of the activities that Mary most likely carried out would be we take it for granted that we have running water and today everyone's everyone is carrying bottles of water wherever they go that's a modern phenomena over the past 10 years but 2,000 years ago, there people did not walk around with a bottle of water or even have, a, have running water in their homes. But rather, that they would have to go and, and fetch water by going to the common well of the town. That's right. Fetch water by going to the common well of the town. She might even imagine Mary traveling to the nearest well there in Nazareth, arriving with one of those big jugs. See Mary, she's there online, <coughs> online, waiting for her turn, waiting for her turn so that she can draw water from the well. <coughs> 
This is reminiscent of John chapter 4 where Jesus goes and meets the woman at the well in Samaria. Jesus says to this woman, give me the drink. So you can even imagine Mary arriving there, waiting online, practicing the virtue of patience. Possibly talking some with some of the other women and mothers of the town of Nazareth. Imagine the words of Mary. Imagine her smile. Imagine her goodwill. Imagine her encouragement toward these neighbors of hers at Nazareth. Then once it's Mary's turn, she's able to get water from the well and brings that water brings that water back to her home. Possibly carrying the water on her on her head or, or, or carrying it by hand. In other words, life back then was much more much more demanding. They did not have the uh, modern apparatus that we have today. We have huge jugs of water delivered to us probably every other week. So Mary arrives at home with the water supply that she'll be using for cooking and cleaning and washing. And we can imagine, Mary, my studio, I have a lot of different statues. Someone gave me this. This is a, this is a, a, a statue of Mary and she's actually doing her domestic chore of sweeping. My name is Father Broom. Clean sweep with Father Broom. Clean sweep with Father Broom. So we have Mary dressed with her apron. Mary has the broom. And Mary is busy sweeping, keeping the house clean. So all these, all these are <clears throat> are domestic chores that I think we can really relate to our own lives. I don't think any of you who live in, in your homes will will go a week without sweeping, keeping the house clean. And Mary was doing this because she wanted <coughs> Jesus and Joseph when they came back from work to find a well-lit, well but also a clean 
home to arrive at. We should all make a concerted effort to maintain cleanliness in as much as is possible. And the cleaning of the room or the home could also be symbolic of the cleaning of our of our interior homes, which is our soul. Of course, that is done by the practice of uh, receiving the sacrament of confession or reconciliation. We can be making these these parallel spiritual connections in our conversation. So here we have a, a lady of Nazareth with the, with the broom keeping, keeping the house clean of the dust and the dirt that could easily get in in a house like that. So what, what, would be, what would be some of the other chores or obligations that Mary would carry out? The next would be Mary would not only be getting the the water, Mary would be sweeping, sweeping with the broom. But if also Mary would be washing and cleaning, I think we have to we have to get a clear understanding of this. Sometimes we can put Mary in a pedestal where we don't see Mary engaged in the things that uh, that all of you carry out. So, Mary would fetch the water. Mary would be sweeping with the broom. She would be washing and cleaning. We all take it for granted. We all take it for granted that we have this modern apparatus. When we're we're cleaning clothes... We take it for granted that we've got we've got a washing we've got a washing machine we've got a washing washing machine and we put the liquid in it and then we've got the dryer which really makes it relatively easy. Now back then with. Mary would have to wash the clothes of Jesus and St. Joseph and the other clothes that have to be washed by hand. You know, maybe, maybe some of you remember your grandmother probably had to do this. Taking the clothes and rubbing it and washing it with her, with her hands. And back then, they did not have a dryer the way we have a dryer. So washing with their hands, that was hard manual work. 
That's right, hard manual work. And then, how would the clothes dry? What do you think? How would the clothes dry? There would be a clothesline and the clothes would be hung on the line exposed to the sun and the sun would basically be drying the clothes. So that that's the way it was done. Mary would have carried out these simple daily chores which demanded a lot of effort and even physical strength. But everything Mary would do, she'd always be doing this for the honor and glory of God. She might learn from Mary to not to complain about our life condition, not to complain, but to be eternally grateful for the opportunities that God has given to us to work. To work. To unite our work with the work of Joseph and Jesus. To, work, to unite our work with the work of Mary. What else? What else would be part of Mary's daily routine? Okay, of course, part of Mary's daily routine would be that of preparing the meals for the Holy Family. That's right. Now, St. Joseph and Jesus working hard and long hours in the carpenter shop, which they were nailing, they were sawing, they were sanding, they were molding, they were welding, they were assembling chairs and tables and windows, parts of homes. That type of work was very demanding. Very demanding to say the least. And of course they'd be expending a lot of energy, probably sweating. In other words, hard work. In other words, very hard work. So Joseph and Jesus working side by side the whole day spending a lot of time and energy at their work. So one of the one of the pr principal obligations and Jeff Regis has already posted it for me is Jeff is pointing out the importance of cooking. But let's try to 
develop the whole theme. Of course, I don't have to tell you this, but they have no refrigerator or freezers or anything like that. Mary would probably have to go to the public, the public market and buy the food that she'd have to prepare. She'd have to buy the vegetables as well as the fruit, buying the bread, uh, buying the cheese, buying the condiments, buying the tomatoes, buying the beans, buying... They would not eat meat as often as we do on certain feast days. But all these different purchases were probably not in the same place. As we have we have these supermarkets over the past 60 years where you can go to the supermarket and buy all the food you want in just that one place. So Mary would probably have to go to possibly three or four different places where she'd have to make her purchase, her purchases. And all of this was done out of, with great love. With great love. Because she recognized that her cooking was not done for herself, but her cooking was being done for her family. That's right. Her cooking was done for her family. So when she's home, she, there she is in the cook, there she is in the in the kitchen, preparing the main meal for her family. When Joseph and Jesus arrive at home, after they wash and clean, they greet each other. Mary would have the meal prepared, ready for her husband <coughs> and ready for her son. Now I say this because almost all of you, all of, almost all of you, have been probably cooking, preparing meals for your family for decades. And I've said this more than once. If you, if you invite me to cook, if you invite me to cook at your home, you can invite me to cook two days during the year. Okay, invite me to cook at your home only two days during the year. That would be Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. That's right, you can invite me to cook two days during the year, Ash Wednesday, to cook on those two days, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday would be the two days because those are the two days of fasting don't expect me to cook because you'll end up by fasting. So as Mary prepares this meal for 
Jesus and Joseph, she's doing it with a lot of joy and a lot of love because she's aware that she's doing it for the honor and glory of God. Calls to mind the words of St. Paul who says, whether you eat or drink, whether you eat or drink, do everything for the honor and glory of God. That's right. Whether you eat or drink, whether you eat or drink, do everything for the honor and glory of God. So Mary prepares the simple, frugal, but substantial meal for Joseph and Jesus, the carpenters. Imagine Mary setting the table. Imagine the cleanliness of the house. Imagine the dusting that Apostle Mary would carry out. All these, all these are done with great love. Now Mary would carry out these family obligations not just sporadically on the spur of the moment or sometimes but Mary would carry out these daily chores day after day after day after day. I think one of the challenges for many of us would be that of monotony. That's right. The reality of monot monotony of the routine. For that reason, working side by side with Mary, who's got the broom here, working side by side with Mary we want to try to not to complain about our daily obligation. Not to complain. Or not to simply live on a natural level. But we want to try to elevate ourselves to a supernatural level. To a higher level. A supernatural level. And as St. Paul reminds us, whether we eat or drink, do everything for the honor and glory of God. Then you might even imagine this typical day in the life of Mary. St. Joseph and Jesus arriving home. Arriving home after a hard day's work and Mary having the door open and greeting Joseph and Mary with a hug, with a kiss. 
See how important these small domestic family details. These are called the social virtues. The social virtues that condiment our daily life. Mary's smile, Mary's warmth, Mary's affable, Mary's kind, Mary's greeting. All of these are social Virtues that condom that condiment condiment the daily life, and most of us are called to carry out these social domestic virtues. And I think we should beg Mary to help us on the title Our Lady of Loreto, which is really Our Lady of Nazareth. So, my friends. We've had a wonderful conversation trying to contemplate a typical day in the life of the Holy Family, specifically a typical day in the life of Mary in her home in Nazareth. I'd like to impart to all of you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.